This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Happy Friday, listeners. It's Jennifer, Art Curious host, back at you this week with our short-form Friday roundup of my favorite art history updates and interesting news tidbits. This is Art Curious News This Week, and this will get you up to date on some of what I feel is the most interesting goings-on in the realm of art history. All right, today is Friday, August 12th, 2022, and you might be tired of me chatting every week about artwork repatriation, but don't be, because this is good, good news. Right now, museums seem to be taking the lead from each other more and more as pressure mounts for them to return cultural objects to their countries of origin around the world, with the objects known as the Benin Bronzes acting as kind of poster objects for this rather serious issue. I mentioned recently that several German and UK institutions have made headlines for their announcements of deals brokering the return of these objects to Nigeria. And this week, it was announced that another small London-based museum, the Horniman Museum and Gardens, will be transferring 72 artifacts back to Nigeria. According to a press release on the Horniman's website, though only 12 brass plaques currently held by the Horniman are considered to be part of the so-called Benin Bronzes, the other objects are still considered to be vastly culturally valuable, and they consist of such diverse pieces as brass bells, fans, baskets, ivory carvings, altarpieces, and more. The process of this repatriation began back in January of this year when the Nigerian National Commission for Museums and Monuments formally requested that the Horniman begin research and both internal and external discussions about this portion of their collection, and they did so with everyone from academics on down to school children visiting the museum. And from there, the repatriation decision was made. According to Eve Solomon, the chair of the trustees of the Horniman Museum and Gardens, quote, The evidence is very clear that these objects were acquired through force, and external consultations supported our view that it is both moral and appropriate to return their ownership to Nigeria. The Horniman is pleased to be able to take this step, and we look forward to working with the NCMM to secure longer-term care for these precious artifacts, unquote. All of this comes, by the way, almost concurrently with another announcement this week that New York officials held a repatriation ceremony for 30 objects from Cambodia that had been illegally sold to both private and public collections. So keep it coming, everyone. I am so thankful that these conversations are happening more and more and that we seem to be hearing, you know, almost on a weekly basis now about another institution stepping forward to do the right thing. Yay! My second story today is also good news. Don't you love a feel-good Friday? I sure do. Earlier this week, Brazilian police announced that they had recovered several stolen artworks by the Brazilian artist Tarsila do Amaral, including her 1929 painting Sol Puente, or Setting Sun, a piece worth over more than $59 million. These paintings by Do Amaral were included in a cache of artwork, jewelry, and 
cash that had been purportedly squirreled away by Sabine Kolbogachi, who had conned the owner of these pieces, her own mother, the 82-year-old Genevieve Bogachi, out of them. Genevieve Bogachi is the wife of a late art dealer who had amassed one of the most impressive collections of modern art in all of Brazil. Now, the story of this con is interesting in and of itself. According to a statement released by the civil police of Rio de Janeiro, Sabine Kolbogachi, working alongside a purported psychic, convinced her elderly mother that she, Sabine, was in frail health and approaching death. She then extorted her mother to help pay, quote, exorbitant amounts for spiritual treatment, unquote, involving healing practices by an Afro-Brazilian priestess. Her mother complied until she began to grow suspicious, ultimately refusing to pay, and then was threatened and confined to her home as retaliation. The property theft, including the artworks, was most likely completed by Sabine Bogachi's associates, and it is assumed that several individuals were involved in this scheme, with the police having arrested Sabine Bogachi and three others and producing arrest warrants for at least two other individuals. If Tarsila do Omeral isn't a name that's familiar to you, that is totally okay, but I would love this moment to share just a tiny bit about her. She's considered to be one of the most important modern painters from Brazil, having studied painting and draftsmanship professionally in Europe before returning to Brazil to establish her own Brazilian style. So you can think of her somewhat as being to Brazil like Frida Kahlo or Diego Rivera are to Mexico, an artist who was trained in that European modernist mode, but ultimately used that background to produce something wholly unique, something wholly Brazilian in its language, colors, themes, and appearance. Sol Puente, in particular, is a mesmerizing scene. It is a landscape with a radiating sun and these green hills and trees, maybe even a cactus or two, and some interesting, very Tarsila, blobby creatures swimming in the water below. It is simplistic and stunning, and it was a key work in a retrospective exhibition, one of the first of its kind dedicated to this fascinating artist, at the Museum of Modern Art five years ago. All right, time to take a quick break for some brief words from today's sponsors, but I will still be here after that break to share more with you, so please stick with me. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to Art Curious and our news this week. For our last story today, we are heading across the pond again to the UK and talking about something that on the surface might seem like a bad thing, but is, again, another spot of good news, even though it feels like a little bit of a head-scratcher. Just last year, in the town of Scarborough on England's north coast, the ruins of an ancient Roman villa were discovered. 
a villa that was most probably the remains of an elite family, replete with this circular courtyard and a massive bathing complex the size of two tennis courts. They were uncovered last year when the area was being prepared for development and are unique in terms of Roman design yet discovered in the UK. The ruins made the news again this week, not because they are being further excavated, but because they were reburied on the suggestion of the governmental preservation organization Historic England, according to Art News. Now, this seems a bit strange to us to hear that an archaeological find, especially a significant one, is being covered right back up only a year after its discovery, but this is not an uncommon practice. In the show notes and on my blog post today, I will be linking to an awesome article by the Getty Museum all about this interesting idea, which concerns the protection and preservation of such ancient structures. It ultimately keeps the ruins from being damaged by things like over-tourism, vandalism, theft, and other environmental factors, while potentially allowing future generations to complete further work and research at or on the site. So the good news, too, is that the land is no longer being developed, but it will remain a public space dedicated to the ancient dwelling, which will include a, quote, interpretive depiction of the villa, according to developers. Before we go today, guess what? To the best of my knowledge, there weren't protests where people glued themselves to artworks this week. So again, yay! Thank you for listening to the short-form news recaps to round out our art historical knowledge this week over on Art Curious. Just a quick note that I will not be releasing Art Curious news this week for the next two weeks. And the same will go for some other dates scattered throughout the fall, because I will be traveling quite a bit over the next couple of months. But I promise, as always, to be back in your earbuds again soon. And as I previously mentioned, we are in the middle of prepping for our next round of episodes. But if you are missing your traditional Art Curious content while we are on our break between seasons, please do check us out over on YouTube. Plus, you get to see my face. That's fun. This week's episodes involve my upcoming trip to France next month and what I am most excited about doing there, and I just released a video talking about what I really think about all of those immersive art experiences. So you know what I'm talking about, all those Van Gogh projections you might have seen or read about that have been making such great use of empty warehouses everywhere. You can find those and all of my videos by searching Art Curious on YouTube. Until then, I will see you soon and stay curious.